Boggs. I'm also Dr. Nick, and you are not. <laughs> so I'm just going to cram every obscure, out-of-date reference that I can into this thing. Gird your loins, everybody. You you just mashed in The Simpsons with Chevy Chase. I did. Ugh. Come on. I'm happy. It, it, makes, me, it makes me happy. It's you just, know you love it. Like, I, I fucking love me some Chevy, old-school Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, oh, it's so good. You know, all right, so on the SNL thing, and it's, it really bums me out, like, I went back and I started watching a whole bunch of his stuff, the Norm MacDonald stuff. Mm-hmm. Norm MacDonald was, like, one of the absolute best when it came to Weekend Update. It's just, like, some of his shit was just... Oh, it was off the wall. I miss Norm MacDonald. It's like, he's so good. Uh, but anyway, make Makes sure you... <laughs> makes me sad. <laughs> make sure you subscribe, and we'll be in your favorite podcatcher on Tuesdays. Join oh, us, that makes me happy. Join us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, at Creepin' It Real, R-E-E-L as a movie reel. Um, you can email us at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com if there's a movie series or what have you that you'd like us to cover at some point in the foreseeable future. You know, your call. Um, and it's getting into the holiday season now that we're about to wrap up Halloween here shortly. Uh, creepinitreal.redbubble.com or tap the link in the Instagram bio to bring you directly to our Redbubble page and buy the merch. Makes an awesome holiday gift, but I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, now that, hey, what, what movie are we doing today? Now that that crap's out of the way. No, we're doing a, a movie. We're doing 13 movies today. Oh, no. 13. <laughs> yeah, 13. I'm, I'm joking, everybody. This is it. This is the pretty little sparkly red ribbon on the Halloween series. We're going to get into our Halloween rankings, wrap all of this up with final thoughts, and then we can move on to Romero Land. See, the, I, I did want to do this again um, because I felt that it was actually pretty interesting. The first time that we did our ranking episode, we watched all mm-hmm. Halloween movies front to back and... Lunchbox had a twitch in his eye. <laughs> he was just like... So just grumpy. Like, like, and so going back around and having to do each episode on their own. Mm-hmm. And, and plus two more movies that weren't out when we did this two yeah. years ago. So I was like, oh, you know what? I was like, there's going to be some differences, especially after re-watching them for the podcast. It's... I feel like it would be a, an interesting little uh, take on it. And we get to kind of talk a little bit more as far as, you know, more in-depth about the Halloween franchise in a whole. Like, mm-hmm. instead of it just being the individuals. So, hey, so buckle up. Buckle up, bitches. <laughs> Kidding, um, we're going shopping. And also, See, in, case, make references in case you didn't. To a movie you don't even particularly care for. It's called. I actually kind of like it. I'm so, <laughs> God, it took me forever to drag your ass into Mean Girls. Yeah. You thought it was stupid. Here you are. Yeah. Quoting Regina George. It's fine. Um, he doesn't also, even go here. Also. Stop it. Now I'm distracted. <laughs> you can't do that. It's the plan. I have attention issues. You can't do this to me. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, know. yeah. Um, also, if you didn't listen to our episode last week on Halloween Ends, uh, it's going to be on this ranking list because it's one of the Halloween movies. Yep. So, therefore, there's potential, potentially going to be spoilers. We're going to be pretty succinct yep. because all of these have their own individual episodes, but um, I think we can kind of 
go in a bit more about likes and dislikes and and why it sort of landed where it landed. And oh boy, are we going to piss some people off. So if you are one of those weirdo Halloween purists or somebody who doesn't take other people's opinions into account and yours is the only correct one and everyone else is a stupid who doesn't line up with yours exactly, go listen to another podcast. Uh, Because we have our opinions and... uh, and I'm going to quote Cody Leach here. Opinions are like assholes, but that doesn't mean you have to be. I'm, I'm kind of want to go with the gone with, gone with the wind. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. That too. <laughs> yeah, it's like everyone's got everyone's got their opinions, and it's like it's, and that's the that's the beauty of having that is. But if you're you know, maybe you're not a hardcore Halloween fan, or even if you hi, are, me, me, or yeah. even if you are, and you kind of like the idea of seeing what other people's thoughts are on it and maybe why they feel the way that they do stick around yeah it's gonna happen there's gonna be some talking points whether you agree with us or not all right so getting into it all the way at the bottom at number 13 is halloween 5 the revenge of michael myers oh dear god this one was terrible Mm -hmm. uh there's the script was a mess they completely canceled out everything that happened in the movie prior to it. Apparently the director was insane. Um, and just decided to do some shit. Jamie Lloyd was in an institution and a mute for most of it. And we killed off probably one of the best final girls in any slasher series to get Tina instead. Yeah, you know, okay, no, I'm I'm gonna stop you right there because I'm gonna defend Tina. I was like, I actually I I, I must be the only person that has ever like thought that Tina was fine. I didn't see Tina as the problem, and it's like it was the comparison of the having our you know our final girl being the the more tame one, and then Tina being the it, it, incredibly bubbly no, 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 character. No. But no, it's because know. we had the, for me anyway, and I can defend this is I'm annoyed with Tina partly because yeah, she's kind of a nutter, but also. We had to kill off, in a very stupid way, in the first 15 minutes of the movie, again, one of the strongest slasher heroines we've ever had to make way for somebody who just appeared out of nowhere and then also just kind of got stabbed at the end of the movie for I, reasons. I will I will agree, and I think we, we said it in the podcast before, where it's like, they should have swapped roles. Mm-hmm. They that should that should have been a thing where they should have just off Tina earlier on in the movie and then continued on with you know it, it, would it, have, it made so much more sense when it with when it came to Jamie. And it would have like meant that, a so. lot more too for Rachel to sacrifice herself for her for her foster sister. Yeah, so that would have been great. However, I I will say that Tina was not the worst part of that movie. But Rachel was better, and that was probably the problem. The worst part of the movie? The fucking eyes! You see his eyes! The goddamn eyes! I think the eyes are less egregious than whatever that fucking mask was. Yeah, the mask is pretty bad, and... Tuck it in. Just oh, tuck it in so your shirt, bad. dude. Yeah. Just fuck. Why? There's. It was just. It was just a. It was a cluttered mess, and it just wasn't. Wasn't so fun. So much to, latex. It, it wasn't fun around. to watch. It was so, not. No. 
was not, and it was the worst version of Loomis, I think. In any he was an movie. asshole. He really was pretty terrible. Yeah, screaming in a girl's face. Uh, like he was just unhinged, yeah. and um, it was unnecessary. Yeah, but yeah. So bottom of the bottom of the bottoms. Bottom of the heap. I don't think we're gonna get a whole lot of argument. No, no. If I'd love to hear it, I want to hear the change my mind on this. Yeah. Because <laughs> newsflash, you're probably not gonna do it. <laughs> Moving on to number 12. Is poop again. It is poop again. <laughs> because it, it's the follow-up. Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Starring baby Paul Rudd. And a bunch of boring characters. And a dick who gets electrocuted. And uh, choices were made in this one. This is also the wrap-up of The Cult of Thorn. Mm-hmm. So unnecessary. Uh the one thing that I do, again, I will also defend this one, is I like it that they actually did something, they tried to do something different, mm. or give some type of explanation. Granted, did it need to take three goddamn movies to explain it, or it's... The only reason yes, why yeah. The Curse of Michael Myers existed in the way that it did was because the director for Halloween 5 decided to introduce this man in black character at the zero hour and never explained who he was and then this is the guy that busts Michael out of prison so it's like well we have to pick up that thread and do something yeah it's like if they just left it it would have just been a complete nutter clusterfuck I mean this whole the whole thing the whole cult of thorn yeah yeah, the whole cult of thorn trilogy thing is a clusterfuck the Jamie Lloyd trilogy I should say because it yeah that's really the only connective tissue between all three films is the Jamie Lloyd character because uh, the Cult of Thorn thing was done yeah. on the fly and what's worse is like because part five never had a finished script when it started filming and it shows getting into part six the they had to um, try to make sense of that which they couldn't do and there's two separate versions of the film. I guess the producer's cut makes slightly more sense than the theatrical cut. But yeah. let's let's be honest here. It really was not... It It's just not a good movie. Yeah. I mean, and, and Paul Rudd, it, for his first outing, really, yeah. is it's just kind of like... It's rough. I mean, I he, love me some Paul Rudd. It's just... But uh, he made some choices as Tommy Doyle that uh, really didn't work. Um, his performance was odd. He was kind of creepy. And then Joe Chappelle, I guess, decided didn't get on very well with Donald Pleasant, so he cut Loomis's role way down. Yeah, that's going to be Yep, not not a very good movie. Yep, and then on top of it, we also have this is Donald Pleasant's last film. Yeah. Before he died, <laughs> which, womp womp, everybody. Yeah, it's it pretty rough. All right. Coming up next, uh, number 11, is Halloween Resurrection. Mm-hmm. Now, uh... Trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> now, I know you get some twisted enjoyment out of it because it's so stupid. Um, the, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, don't be putting words in my mouth. <laughs> so you get some twisted enjoyment out of it because... I actually just, I just like it. I just, I just think, I think it's a, it's a fun little idea and again, I love I love Buster Rhymes. I'm a huge Buster Rhymes fan. So, and honestly, he was probably one of the best characters 
out of this whole goddamn film, and you cannot deny that. Granted, yeah, d- most- it does not make it a Oscar-winning film. Like it's not. Uh, even- it made it him. He was probably one of the most entertaining. No, but uh, uh, literally, out of all the characters in that film, tell me that all the acting was just better than what Buster Rhymes gave. Buster Rhymes is more uh, natural as far as like for that character. Sure, because it, he's basically playing himself. And yeah, I find a little bit. I find him to be a bit entertaining, but he also was the only one who seemed to know what movie he was in. Yeah. He knew what movie he was making. And I I can defend it to that point. Michael Mars is a fucking shock. (laughs) But also this feels probably one of the least like a Halloween movie because it feels like a spec script. And they went, well, let's just cram Michael Myers in it. Like it could have been generic anybody slasher. That's why I like it. It doesn't feel like a... At the beginning of the movie, when we're in a fucking hospital again, another asylum, and and Lori shows up, and then like that, they do that whole god awful Lori death. That whole thing. Once that was done, it felt like a completely different Halloween movie. And after watching all of them back to back, and when we finally get to this one. I was like, it was a little, it was nice getting something different. And it was like, yes, it was a haunted house movie, but it was something where, uh, it gave me vibes of like an old Scooby-Doo episode. (laughs) And, and I, and I like, because it's, you know, it's Halloween season. I've been watching a lot of like the old classic Scooby-Doo with the kids. And, um, there was this one episode where, it was the headless specter and it was this old uh, confederate uh just a uh, mansion and the guy uh, but that's what it felt like was that all these this group of kids that had all these hand hand cams are walking around this old haunted house and all of a sudden this specter is just going around to slant and it's like that's what i got out of it so it was nice that it was something completely different that but they were trying to still keep that that one foot into that Haddonfield history. Yeah, so but it we was, still yeah. have but we still have Buster Rhymes doing kung fu on Michael Myers, so therefore it's at the bottom. Who doesn't like that? Literally everybody. That was like one of the best means just seeing Michael going, are we fucking doing this? Yeah. I'm like fine and then he gets kicked in the face? Who has done that? Tell me. Who has done that? Everyone's tried to punch him in the face. No one's fucking just throwing roundhouse kicks. Come on. The best. Absolute best. All right. (laughs) You love it because... The the face she just gave me was just... So so let me get this straight. You love it because it's so bad it's good. Yes. it's, It's so bad it's good. It's so different. It's just... All right, fine. The, You're the, in it. The kills are good. It's a it's an interesting idea with the hand cams. If, if you're in it yeah, for the schlocky I'm, fun, I'm if you're in it for the schlocky fun, I'll allow it. Is it the best movie? No, but it's fun. I enjoy it. So it definitely feels like yeah. two, a movie from 2001, though. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. You look at that and you go, "Ooh, ooh nope, there it is." Yeah, I know where this is from. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's some Nokia phones. All right, on. all right. At number ten, we have Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers. Um, 
I think I ranked this one a little bit higher than you did initially. Um, only slightly. But uh, this one is not... I go back and forth on this one. Um, when we did our episode, I ranked it fairly low. Uh, or I, I rated it fairly low. But then I go back and I'll see... I guess it just... Maybe it's just one of these. It depends on the mood I'm in. I mean, it's a pretty solid middle-of-the-road Halloween movie. Um, it's not bad. It's not great. But um, it it's its redeeming quality is the Jamie and Rachel angle yeah. in this. I think... But I, I've said this before when we talked about Halloween 5. Rachel was probably one of the strongest uh, final girls of almost any slasher series. I would put her right up there with, like, Nancy. Um, yeah. From uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I would say she's pretty on the level with that. Um, I would, I dare say she was probably even a better final girl than Lori because she was so much more proactive and she was on her toes, and she was very, very tough. And I, I would ahead. almost, yeah. I mean, I could definitely say uh, the Nancy comparison would be great, but I almost feel like Kirsty from Hellraiser, because like there was a just this, she was dealing with something that she just couldn't deal with, and she still had to kind of rework and figure it out. Yeah, and, yeah. So uh, to a degree, like, it, but I, I think again. Nancy, Kirsty, like they are like they are probably some of the stronger final girls. Just and, because of how proactive they were yeah. and how much they were thinking ahead and like they weren't yelling and screaming and crying and trying to hide in corners. Like they were like, Well, shit's going down. How do I deal with it? Yeah. So I really liked Rachel. I really this is probably the best version of Jamie Lloyd that we got. This first outing with Daniel Harris. Um, this version of Michael was okay. Um, I didn't particularly care for the 10-year time jump where they're like, he's been in bandages for 10 years. And I'm like, "Yeah, no. why? Because Lewis has been up and about, so that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And they were in the same fire. And the mask just wasn't... The mask uh, looked... It was very soft. Like, almost too flat. Yeah. There was almost no features to it. And then those drawn-on eyebrows, like the Chav girl eyebrows. Like, See, it's like, oh, man. We didn't mention it, but, like, I think my worst mask is from Five, when they did the fucking... Uh, it was um, the Greg Nicotero. Like, he used his face, and I'm like, no, buddy. Like, it looks Because Nicotero's face at the time was all angles. Yeah, it's so, uh, so bad. You do what you can. Yeah. I don't but know. But no, but this one, yeah, as you said, it was very... Bland, plastic, too smooth. It, like it had like a an innocent puppy feel to it. It really wasn't intimidating. It literally looked like they just got it out of like you went to go buy a Halloween like Halloween mask, Michael Myers mask, and they from Wish dot com. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was like. Oh, they they ran out of it at the dollar store, and so you had to go on to Wish and yeah, it was the Wish dot com version of the Michael Myers. Uh, mask. That is a great comparison. Yep. So well done. All right, moving on to number nine was uh, H20, H2O, or Halloween Water, depending on, mm. you know, where your level of fandom uh, is. Um, this is the return of Laurie Strode. This takes place in a different setting. We've we've moved it out of Haddonfield. We're on the West Coast now. Um, California. So you're going to say it like Cartman. California. <laughs> <laughs> That's just going to be stuck in my head the whole goddamn day. This is, uh... I I ranked this one way higher than you did. 
Mine was pretty ha- pretty close to the top of my list, and yours is close to the bottom. Yeah, uh, like so, I really put in some due diligence. I made spreadsheets and everything as far as like our rankings go, and I found that to be very interesting. Uh, and that's where I love seeing the comparison to other people's opinions because yes, you I think if it was based off of our skull ratings. You ranked it almost second in the list. Me, I ranked it second from the bottom. Like, so it is literally opposite, complete ends, yeah. opposite ends. Um, for me, this movie it bored the hell out of me. I didn't the little parts of Michael I liked, but it was just some of the stuff. Just it, I didn't, I wasn't digging on the whole thing with. Uh, Lori going, you know, just leaving, and then it's like the explanation of how Mike. It's just there's just too much, and it's just it. It was just kind of just bleh, just bland. It was like I don't know, eating a, a unseasoned chicken nugget. It's like yeah, it's a chicken nugget, but doesn't taste like yeah. Anything. It's a Halloween movie, but <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. Um, and Michael with his sweet ab workouts. It wasn't abs. It was his... His core. It has nothing to do with his core. That was all back and shoulder strength. Y'all. Um, I ranked this one pretty high. Um, this is one of those that definitely had a scream vibe to it. Kevin Williamson, I think, did like a dialogue polish on it. Um, I really liked it because we got LL Cool J as Ronnie. And he was fucking hilarious. Um, as the smut writer. Yeah. Get out of here with that shit. Um, I liked getting Jamie Lee Curtis back. I this this wasn't this was a better version of Laurie Strode. I think I will say this is probably one of the better acting jobs that I've ever seen from Jamie Lee Curtis. Like she's like she's from, committed. Yeah, she's committed. Like I mean, I've seen a lot of Jamie Lee. Like so, she's a great actress. But it's just like having her in that role really put in that turmoil and just the trauma and all of that it's like so she yep. she killed it on that it's just the story for me is just eh. yeah no i uh there's definitely some questions and holes um but i think overall it flows pretty well uh, a couple of the kills are pretty good joseph gordon levitt getting the skate to the face was pretty oh that was fun. that was that was pretty boss um i liked this was the debut of josh hartnett i really liked his character in his here. fucking hair not the haircut <laughs> not the haircut but i did like the john character um he he did great too yeah no like it was a really good little cast uh i don't know man like it was a the pacing was good it was a tight little script i kind of liked the idea that we moved it out of haddonfield um getting it out of haddonfield is a little bit clunky but it should have been on a boat going to Canada. (laughs) you mean to new york from a lake Uh, yeah 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 we find a way out of a lake yeah, to fuck, the ocean yeah, to get to... Yeah. Canada, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Jason takes a boat to Vancouver. <laughs> um, it's fine. No. Oh, we're we're going to get into that sometime. Uh, and if you overlook the fact that there was four different masks, of which only one of them was halfway decent, I mean, this is a pretty... Wasn't there CGI one in this, there too? Was, yeah, the scene in the kitchen with the corkscrew thing. What? It was because it was a pickup shot and they couldn't find the mask. So they're like, we'll just CGI it on. No one will notice. Oh, oh, no, we did. We noticed. Oh, yeah. We noticed. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, 
I just really like this one. I liked the... I actually think in terms of, like, the showdown, I think the showdown between Michael and Lori in this one was fantastic. And it had a resolution. If it wasn't for fucking Mustafa Akkad going, you can never definitively kill Michael, this would have been an amazing wrap-up to the Michael Myers character. She cut his fucking head off. That's really satisfying. And then they fuck it up with resurrection. Mm. I, I definitely agree with it. And that's where it's like, I feel... It's funny, after watching Halloween Ends, and we, as as horror movie fans, we're like, we know you fuckers like money. <laughs> it's just like, uh, well, like he's not dead. He's gonna be. He's coming back. Yeah. We, 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 we know. It's okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, after, and, it, and it's because of H2O. It's like, you cut his head off, and then all of a sudden, boom. No, oh, no. Yeah. It, was, it was the wrong guy. Yeah, they had some stupid deus ex machina to work around it and I'm just like get what yeah um <laughs> which sucks but speaking of Halloween Ends at number eight hey our most recent entry into the series is Halloween Ends um I'm gonna preface it by saying that if this wasn't supposed to be the end of a trilogy and this was just a standalone film I would have ranked this movie way higher than where it ended up being um yes it had some issues but I think most of the issues were attributed to the fact that it was marketed as being one thing. We got the bait and switch is basically what we did. Universal gave us the old bait and switch and Mm -hmm. that really sucked. Um, But if this was say a standalone film or if this was the middle part, like if they switched Halloween kills and Halloween ends and tacked on that final showdown between Laurie and Michael at the end of it, I think it would have been probably better um, because the the way that everything just sort of shook out, I'm like, this feels like it was would have been a better lead up to get into Halloween Kills and the mayhem of the town going crazy and everyone going vigilante. And I think that would have worked a lot better. But and as a standalone movie, this thing would have easily been like a four. But... It's not. Yeah. Like, uh, the story I didn't mind so much, and I, I said it in our in the last episode, where after kind of realizing that this could have been what John Carpenter wanted to the series to be, where it's like, anybody could be evil. That's why it's he's called The Shape, or mm-hmm. Michael Myers is, is The Shape. The Shape changes, and it could, and I love that... The, the pumpkin opening scene for this film was probably one of my favorites, just seeing the pumpkins ch- morph and change into mm-hmm. like a different evil. I was like, so goddamn mood. And on top of the, the Halloween 3 logo mm-hmm. and the colors, I was like, that, that was fucking awesome. And I should have known when I saw the Halloween 3 font that um, this was going to go way into left field <laughs> fuckery was a foot yeah like i should have known but i was just i was just happy yeah. to see it because i was like oh i love i the, love season of the witch the, but i should have known that it was gonna yeah. be like we're not gonna be as halloweeny as you think the thing that killed me was if for michael for his last real like outing <laughs> finger wiggles um i mean he did get grounded in a hamburger yeah. meat um but no that was the thing is i was I was wanting more out mm-hmm. of Michael, and we only got three kills out of him. Oh yeah, and, and I think it, like ten or fifteen minutes of screen time. He really wasn't. He didn't come into the movie until forty minutes. We didn't see a Michael. Nope. We didn't see him in his Ninja Turtle lair. We didn't mm-hmm. see him doing anything. <laughs> it was just 
40 minutes and then it would just be popped up. And then and it was then, like another like 10 to 15 minutes between that and to his next vi- viewing. Yeah, they, they really, um, really spaced it out. Yeah, I, the stuff with, with Corey Cunningham was, do you think that they named, last name was Cunningham as like a reference for... Uh, Sean, Sean Cunningham, yeah, for Sean Cunningham, Maybe. like, because um, <laughs> they always tend to, to do shit like that. Well, the, and they also there have been nods in this whole forty year trilogy. There have been nods to Psycho. There have been nods to The Shining. There, I mean, I mean the whole series, the series yeah. as a whole. There's always been homages to other films, and be, but I, what I found really funny was they paid homages to other movies in the Halloween series, even though they were very specifically saying those movies don't exist. Like, that is not a part of the Michael myers Laurie Strode timeline. They no longer exist in this dojo. They are going away. But they still found a way to pull little elements in. Um, I would... What I, I would have liked to have seen... Because I do genuinely like this movie... I wanted to see it like the anthology idea. Now that it seems like they've opened that door back up, like they cracked that door open. And I think if the creators, the writers, the directors of whomever picks up the mantle of this wants to go in that direction, I feel like as long as they're honest with the audience, they go, hey, we kind of want to pick up the original idea that John Carpenter had and turn Halloween, start shifting it into an anthology series. And we kind of started that idea with Corey Cunningham, blah, blah, blah. I think that maybe the audience would be more receptive to it. I could be wrong because there's a lot of people, like Halloween purists, that are very like, no, meh. Um, which I don't get because I want to see the creativity. I kind of like that this took a bit of a left turn. Was it the time to do it? Hell no. You don't do it in the third act. You don't do it in the bottom of the ninth. Like, you don't do that stuff. Like, yeah. you had a plan. Go with your plan. They did it for Jason. They did it with Freddy. It was just it's yeah. You don't yeah. you don't do that in the third act of of any story. The last thing you do, which you should never do, is introduce brand new elements. That's something by the end of the second act, you're done introducing all the new stuff. Um. Okay. So number seven is the predecessor, Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. Um. Why don't you kick this one off? This was another one that, well, you and me, we both kind of flipped on. Where I actually liked it more than Halloween Ends. Mm-hmm. And the reason why, even though that, yeah, the story was kind of a mess and it was all over the place and the... That dialogue was painted. Dialogue was, was yeah, it was, it was a little... The brutality for me. Like, my man-child brain started kicking in where I'm like ooh like there's kills like and there's a lot of them and Michael's actually just this force that you just can't get down. He's a down. dog you can't put down. Yeah I was like that's I was like I'm in with this and and also it's just like some of like the more nostalgic uh thing you know like from like uh Season of the Witch and all all the stuff that they try to just bring in is it a great movie it's definitely got its flaws but the brutality of it really held my interest pretty high in. But that's where it's like, when we look at our individual skull ratings, it is definitely, it's another, just a flip. 
compared to you. Yeah, I uh, I liked this movie initially when I first watched it, probably six or seven months ago, and um, I've seen it probably two more times since then. the The struggle I'm having with it, though, is every time I watch it, I like it a little bit less. I see the flaws a little bit more. Um, that actually is what was happening with me with Halloween Four. Is I remember when we going back to that movie. I remember watching it the couple, like, couple years a, ago, a, like originally with just you, and I enjoy it. I was like, I was like, oh, this is great. Like I actually like this movie. And then as we started doing the podcast, and I started like again, the more I watched, it, I was like, uh, I'm seeing a lot, a lot yeah. of fuckery, and um, yeah, and, and that's kind of what this one was. Yeah, it's just I start seeing more issues. I start seeing things that don't add up. I really think that they shot themselves in the foot by making Michael this unstoppable beast, which also makes Halloween ends worse because they built up this version of Michael Myers in the second movie to being essentially a freight train. He'd been shot multiple times. He'd been stabbed multiple times. He was put down with a pitchfork. He was beaten half to death with baseball bats and irons and billy clubs and god knows what else pillowcases with bricks in it he got cracked over the head yeah and he just kept on coming and kept on coming which is does keep in with the character as we've seen him over the last 40 years however what do you do you've built up your galactus you've built up your um You've, you've built up your doomsday. And, like and, you that, and that's why I feel like a lot of people really did not... Like, the internet was just a, was yeah. vicious. Because like, he survived like, towards, all of that yeah. to be put down by a 60-year-old woman? Yeah, so in Halloween Ends, when we first see him into his Ninja Turtle lair, he's decrepit. He's, like, he's shuffling along, and he's just, like... I, I mentioned it in, our, in the episode that we did... I was like, I was half expecting him to pull out his walker with the tennis balls at the, on the bottom of it. Like he was, I was like, he, I was like, this is, I was like, we finally now have old man Michael. Yeah, he was injured. He was malnourished. He's in his sixties. Like, I think, um, I think that Halloween Kills kind of fucked it up a little bit. And um, unfortunately, Halloween Ends makes Halloween Kills a bit worse because Michael was built up to be this force of nature. And he was pretty weak in Halloween Ends. So, um, yeah, Kills is a seven, but I just, every time I watch it, I like it a little bit less, which sucks. Because um, I liked getting, I liked the idea of getting Tommy Doyle back. I, and while Anthony Michael Hall is fine, I didn't love Tommy in this movie. Um, I liked getting Lindsay Wallace. I like the legacy characters. I like getting Lindsay Wallace back, and I'm glad. I was glad to see her back in um, Halloween Ends. Um, I liked the idea of getting Marion Chambers back. Uh, however, her lines were really dumb. This is for Doctor Loomis, and she doesn't know that a six shooter only has six bullets. And click, because uh, she was all out. She was just shooting like willy nilly all around the car. Like, okay. And the characters in Halloween Kills were stupid. There was no reason for them to be as stupid as they were, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so, it's like, I enjoy it for the brutality, but, yeah. Story, eh, definitely needed. It, it was it was a it was a middle child story, right. for, for sure. Uh-huh, yeah, and it, it really kind of suffered for it. All right, so. 
All right, now, uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to do this uh, as kind of like a little bit of a surprise. I have a redemption. It's about fucking time. So, after watching the latest trilogy, I actually went back and watched the 78 version. And I have to give it... I felt bad that I gave... At first, I gave it a 1.5, which is really fucking low. Yeah. I think um, mine was like a three and a half or something. You had a three. So that was the thing was I needed to give this a redemption. I'm going to boost up my score on the original 78 version because after watching that movie and then moving it straight into Halloween 18 and, and then like it made more sense to me. Is a story like I still have my problems with the holes and Loomis and like there's there's stuff that I still have problems with, but I don't feel like it's as bad as what I thought it was, and that is saying a lot. So it's like I'm giving it a lot more respect because it's it the new trilogy made more sense to me. With so it that. helped. It definitely helped it, it, right. for for me as a as a person who's not a Michael Myers fan. Right. So, so I'm, I'm giving this a solid three. Okay. So, so bringing up the middle. It's bringing up the middle. Is uh, the original John Carpenter's Halloween film from 1978. Um, I respect this movie for what it did. It helped. While I will argue that really Black Christmas was the better slasher movie. Because this literally borrowed a lot of things from Black Christmas. Oh. God, John, that movie's so good. John Carpenter has even admitted he had conversations with Black with Bob Clark about it. And um, but um, I would argue that Black Christmas was really the the movie that ushered in the slasher genre, um, at least here in the states, because it had been going on in Italy already with the Jello. Yeah. Um, but I respect Halloween for setting a template. I respect it for being one of the highest grossing independent films of all time. This was made on a three hundred thousand dollar budget. It made millions. Yeah. This movie has made so much fucking money on nothing. Um, I really... I love the simplicity of the story. I like that it was just the babysitter murders. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of issues. I don't... I don't think I'll ever love the Donald Pleasance Loomis. I just don't... Ugh. Like, I want to like Loomis... I just don't. Because I really like him as an actor. Like, I mean, I'm all about him and James Bond and as, you know, Blofeld and stuff like that. It's just like he's... And he's done plenty of other horror great. movies, too. But that was the thing was, like, for me, after... Because after I watched Ends, I went back and watched the original Halloween. And just the music and the way that John Carpenter filmed it... Mm-hmm made that movie so much better for me and just having like Michael Myers just kind of like in the backgrounds and just kind of just being that shape I was like it his presence it was does. always it around. was like I was like you know what like I I definitely give it that like that's better and especially like I said after having that knowledge that Michael's just doing Michael mm-hmm. he doesn't give a shit about Lori there's no sister angle there's no none of that Based off of the new trilogy timeline. He was just a stalker, and he found a target that he wanted to stalk. So that's why it's like, the new trilogy 
made me made more sense for the original 78 version for me mm-hmm. because I had a lot of those questions on that. I I so, like the ret, I like that they retconned the, yeah. the the sibling angle too. I was not a fan. And I have more respect for the Blumhouse guys because they took everything that John Carpenter did and when it came to filming and lighting and all that stuff and they took all that information and just put it into a new vessel mm-hmm. with new technology and stuff like that but they kept the essence so it almost felt like you were watching uh, it, it's just it moved from 78 40 years later and it was a still same kind of feel same they, everything, like yeah. so transition yeah I, I would I would agree with that, and and I think that um, the Blumhouse guys were super respectful of it, which is why John Carpenter was actually a part of the 40-year timeline trilogy. The one thing that I also noticed, too, was the music between everything. If you notice that from the Halloween 18, the music is very traditional. Mm-hmm. It's very John Carpenter. And then when it gets into Halloween Kills... There's more guitars, and there's more... It's just amped up. It's, it's just, Ugh. And then it gets into ends and they've up they've they've changed it over it's something there's not that whole john carpenter music until like towards the end no they really strip it back but that's because it's it's not michael it's Corey. it's something different like and that was like so again the blumhouse guys like they have I, i give them all respect for that because they were taking those like they were paying homage and respect and everything else but doing something that on their own like mm-hmm. and that was that was really cool but it kept it in that same vein and, yeah. and same feel so and that's the other thing too yeah. i have to say is is with the original like for the original uh one well it's never really going to be my favorite of the series um i i really can't i mean I, i'll defend it all day long i love the simplicity of it it's not gory at all, um, which some people can take it or leave it on that. Um, which I guess that's fine. Um, but it's it's just the like the score, Carpenter's score though. Really, it drives like he's got this real ear for making the music fit mm-hmm. the movie. And with this one, he can really if you close your eyes and you're like if you've got Halloween '78 going. And you close your eyes and you're just listening to everything, just the noises, the ambient noise, the score, the the speaking parts, the whole thing. It he does a great job, of, especially with the ambient noise and the score, of building this tension with like the the bass notes on the piano. Um, boom, boom. Yeah, and then boom. getting into that the that absolutely iconic theme like you hear a couple bars it's it's like the exorcist with the yeah. bells it's it's similar to the exorcist where you only have to hear a few notes and you know exactly what you're listening to you there's no mistaking it yeah. and and that was one thing going back to like john carpenter's stuff is i one of my other favorite movies that they also referenced in halloween ends was uh his version of the thing mm-hmm. and it's just that little score it's just visit dum dum that heartbeat score. Doom, doom. It's, mm-hmm. I was like, it's fucking like it's just a couple notes. On a face. Yeah. Doom, doom. And it says, and then the dum dum dum. It's like that's fucking great. It makes it eerie. It's just it, it's unsettling. He sets, he's good at setting a mood. Yeah, it's but it's it's 
being so simple mm-hmm. and it's not <laughs> it's not overdoing it's the keep it simple stupid mm-hmm. it's fucking great so it's like yeah I definitely agree with that um and and that's why it's like after rewatch I was like I I was like, I, I gotta bump it up to a three. I was like, I it's not as bad as what I expect had before. So you're getting the opposite. Like where yeah. I get with Halloween Kills, every time I watch it, I like it a little bit less. With Halloween, it seems like every time you watch it, you like a little bit more. Not not that I liked it more. It was the fact that I understood it and respected it more. Gotcha. Because it's like I said, I'm not it. I still have my problems with it. I still don't understand a lot of the things that happen. Again, it's 78. There's things... It's just... Again, it's brand new. Sure. Shoestring budgets and everything else. First movie go around, but when you really step back and take a look at it, and, and like, probably one of my favorite scenes is the... Where he's coming out of the shadows, like... Laurie's just sitting there like a goon, just crying, and he just... Him coming out of the shadows and just standing there right next to her with no sound is just f- fucking great. Or um uh what's the um the other babysitter's name? Um Annie. Annie. That whole scene with Annie, the build up on that before she gets into the car and then the weird f- like Why are the windows foggy? Yeah, okay. That that whole thing I still have problems with, but the lead up for it is fucking great. It's so good. It's just like, oh my god, like, if they just didn't kill her outside of the car, or inside the car, it would have been much better for me. But, I was like, that, just the way that he films it, and just the presence that he gives is just, it, it, like, I have to respect it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm bumping it up to a three, just awesome. for, yeah, so. That's respectable. Yeah. Alright, we're getting into the top five. You ready to piss some people off? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. I like this part. Bring it up at number five is the sequel, Halloween 2 from 1980. Was it 80 or 81? I think it was 81. It was 81. Yes. I think so. Uh, but yes, uh, the sequel to the original Carpenter film was Halloween 2. Um, this is the first one to kick off the trend of being in a fucking hospital all the time. <laughs> but, yeah, and uh, oh, yeah, it was in number, in Halloween 1. We only got outside of the, the asylum because they had the, the wreck, and then it left. So that was the only one that we never actually got inside a hospital. Mm-hmm. This is the one that kicked that whole thing off, was yeah. Halloween 2. Um, uh, uh, this one, had, notably, is the one that has the kill that makes me want to pass out. This is <laughs> the only ki- It has the only kill in the series that turns my stomach and makes me want to shut the movie off. Um, it's the scene with the nurse on the gurney who was, she's got the IV tube in her arm Mm -hmm. and, uh, she's, she bled out all over the floor and poor Jimmy slipped and cracked his head on it. Um, but you see, but you see the tube sticking out of her elbow at the inner part of her elbow. And you see that last couple drips of blood coming out and the blood all over the floor. Every single time I see it, Mm -hmm. stomach turns my eyes, my vision starts getting fuzzy around the edges. Yeah, it's you should not probably good. not watch the new Terrifier. Like, <laughs> it's like, I've heard it's already just way too gory. People in the theaters were like, there were some theaters that were issuing, like, whenever you bought a ticket. A vomit bag? You got a vomit bag with it. I've, like, heard, I've, heard, I've heard about people throwing up in the theater. Yeah, there's, like, people passing out, throwing up, leaving. Like, it's just too gory. Well, so, yeah. 
I don't think it's going to be for you. It's the medical horror that gets me every time. That's it. Like, I don't find The Exorcist particularly, to go back to The Exorcist, I don't find that movie particularly scary, but they're sticking a needle in Reagan's neck, and I'm suddenly like, I need to lie down. Yeah. (laughs) Not a fan. Um, That stuff just doesn't do it for me. Oh, the room's getting really spinny, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially. Um, I like, like most fans, though, I like taking Halloween and Halloween 2 and just button them right up against each other and well watching said. and watching it like one 3 hour long movie. I said the same exact thing with um Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Frankenstein is kind of uh it's it's good like it's it's fine. It, it works and then like Bride it's like okay, I can see where you're going, but then it's like when you put them both together, it's like, "Oh my god. I have like a, a good sandwich." like two two loaves of bread and then like yeah all that stuff in the middle it feels that, like something because it helps fill in what feels like might be missing from that first part yeah and because it's like all the build-up from like frankenstein but like into bride it works because then you're getting more like knowledge of the monster but with michael and halloween 2 it's like i actually prefer halloween 2 over halloween 1 because the kills were uh, again lot better kills. I like that it is isolated in one location, not just in a neighborhood. You're not traveling around and na- yeah, you're not traveling yeah. around town. You're getting something that is different from just a, a town, but you're That's getting funny. yeah, but then you're end up in this hospital and now the thing that drives me crazy about anytime there's a hospital late at night is there's no goddamn staff anywhere. <laughs> it's and that's like, not how hospitals work. No, and there's like no patience. There's no anybody that's actually there listening or like and hearing anything. It's literally just Lori and just these and a couple of EMTs, EMTs. and a couple of nurses, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Of which two of them go fucking off to go sit in a jacuzzi, which probably one of the best kills. That ever. hospital has a jacuzzi, yeah. and like Dick Warlock is. He was super cool when he was talking about that. Or he was like, "Yeah, it was one of my favorite kills to do," but. And everyone got all excited because you got to see her boobs. He's like, I didn't see anything because I was standing behind her. He's like, I didn't get to see anything. He's like, but then I saw it in theaters and I was like, oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, some people say Dick Warlock's performance was a bit robotic compared to Nick Castle's from, and uh, Tony Moran's from the first movie. Um, But, eh, that doesn't bother me so much. I just like, because Dick Warlock, even with the mask on, there's a lot of intensity in his body movements and stuff like that. Um... I have a, I take much more issue with the way uh, oh, I can't remember the actor who played him, but the the Michael in Part Five was played, mm. or um, the in Six. Like the Dick Warlock was fine. Like I don't see the issue with with him at all. I, there was like a quiet intensity to him. I like the, I like the Dick Warlock thing, but the thing that drove me nuts was the mask in this one because it was the same mask as Part One. No, but I I did the like I actually sent you a list earlier. Um, on, like, I ranked my masks, and it was funny because you were like, oh, yeah, no, it's it's the same mask from number one. I was like, yeah, it is. However, Dick Warlock's got a big fucking melon, and it stretched out the mask, and so it made him look puffier, and it looked, the mask looked smaller. I was like, it just didn't, I was like, it, Dick it, Warlock had a big it was and different. He had a lot of it hair. It made too. it look different. It's like, even though it was the same mask, it looked different. So it was, it, it was fun. Again, I'm it's nitpicky at best, but yeah, I I actually prefer 
Dick Warlock's uh, just intensity and the way that he played it in Halloween 2, but it's like everything that kind of went into it. The Lori stuff, yeah, that's a problem where it's like you basically sideline her the entire goddamn movie until the end of the movie, and then you get the big chase scene at the end. And she's dragging herself across the parking lot, and it just... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird struggle, but it's the rest of the movie I'm all about. However, Halloween 2, out of the entire goddamn series... Uh, was it the Amazing Grace song? Mm, Amazing Grace, sit on my face. No? That was, that was just as cringy. But no, Halloween 2 has my all-time in movie history... More than Jaws the Revenge. The worst ending ever. For me. Hands down. Well, it was supposed to be the actual ending. Not the fact that, like, the whole thing of Lori shooting him twice in the head, mm-hmm. perfectly, in the eyes, mm-hmm. and he stays up. A squeeze me? A baking powder? <laughs> what am I, a gullah bull? Or you had a gullah calf? Like, it, it, there's no fucking way that any man is going to take two gunshots to the head and still, like, start swinging around with a fucking little, like, with a blade. It's like, it's not going to do that. The whole thing of they should have... I've always had this thing where with continuity where it's if you're going to damage your your big bad whether or not you think that he's going to survive in the next movie or what whatever it is you'd never sit there and really damage him as as much as uh, you know to the point where he so can't what you can't do, where you yeah. can't bullshit your way out like, of it like uh one one thing that I always had a problem with was in the uh the remake for Texas Chainsaw Massacre where they cut his arm off. And I'm like, well, fuck. Like, you just... Like, that's that's a big, big thing. It's like, granted, if he does come back in, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 remake or whatever, it's like, now you gotta go in with a single-arm Leatherface. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a li- that's that's very extreme. Instead of just being like, oh, I'm just gonna cut his leg to the point where he could heal. And then you know, get, get his the, groove back. But, but here's the problem with that. None of these were supposed to have sequels. No. the Loomis blowing him the fuck up and him walking out of the fire is fucking awesome. And then him just dropping like a log. And then that, that was it. It was the gunshot to the head by a, a, a teenager who has just perfect aim. And then, like, just the whole thing of, like, Loomis just, uh, like... It was just, it was just too, too much. Um, I absolutely hate that. And but the nice thing is that it doesn't ruin the movie for me. I could actually watch Halloween two with no problems. It's like I like someone's like, hey, we're gonna watch Halloween two. I'm like, let's fucking go. Like I'm in. Like I, that's that's how much I like it. Even though when I get to that part, I have to go. Hmm. You're still rolling your eyes Wait. about it. <laughs> and then Wait. you don't let it go for the next several nope! movies. Nope! It's like, that's why I'm so excited that we're going to go into the, like, the Romero stuff that I can stop talking about the fucking eyes. Very nice. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so. 
Now, moving on to number four. Oh, boy. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. The fact that <laughs> that is probably higher on the list than any of the other ones. Y- yikes. <laughs> well, all right. Here's not for, the thing. Not for me. But... No, no, no. Here's the thing. Okay. I am of the group. I generally like Rob Zombie's movies. I like the Grindhouse thing. The white trash thing doesn't bother me. That's his aesthetic. He has his thing. Every director has their thing. A lot of times, and I've said this in other, <laughs> said this in other episodes, every director has their thing to the point where you can go, that's a Spielberg movie. That's a James Cameron movie. That's an Eli Roth movie. Like, you can run down the list of these big time directors and you can, that's Mike Flanagan. Like, there's a, a look, a tone, a vibe, um, a method of shooting. Like, there's a, something that always tips you off as to a director. So when people are like, he only has this one style. Yeah, no shit, they all do. That's a terrible argument. Find yourself another one. Typically, it comes down to taste. Rob Zombie is weird. The way he treats his women in a lot of these movies is questionable at best. Um, but he's got the brutality and, like... He brings the brutality. He brings some weirdness. He's real left to center with some stuff. And uh, the white horse business aside, I really genuinely like this movie. It's weird. It's so bonkers. Like, bonkers, bonkers. And that's why I like it, too, yeah. is that it's, it's different. It's brand new. It's never been done. Yes, it's got the, the story plot line of... Lori figuring out that she... Lori's uh, broken. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's like, it's a lot. But it's taking it in that art house deal. And then on top of it that has of... Feeling of like, it has scenes that feel like they're mu- music video yeah. scenes. And uh, somebody, I, I remember talking to somebody about it. And they were like, well, why the, f- why the fuck is his, the ghost of his mom coming back? And uh, and, and he's following the ghost of, of, of his former child self and like they're like well but it didn't make any sense i was like he got shot in the head i was like there's damage i was like it 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 shook something in his wiring and it's like and that's why he's seeing the way the things that he's seeing he was shot in the head and he survived it's just like it's he's the boy ain't right anymore no it's like he's i don't know and then they're like they're like but why did the his old or his child spirit why was it holding Lori down and i was like uh i can't explain like um, i cannot we're, we're just gonna let uh, it we're just gonna let it be the sibling psychic <laughs> link strikes again yeah um i was like i don't have an explain, explanation of that like, but what i love about this is you get to see how broken Lori is from the whole thing you get annie back you actually get an explanation on how Lori finds out that she's actually related to Michael Myers. That My- Michael's her brother. Like, you get a way into her finding that out. She doesn't know. She, as far as we know, she doesn't even know she's adopted. Like, we didn't get that. when And we were told in Halloween Part 2, by the way, Marion tells us, by the way, uh, Lori Strode is Michael Myers' sister. And then in Halloween, in H2O, we find out she just already knows. She just knew, yeah. She just, she, somehow she found out. But we were not, as an audience, we're never privy to that. So for Zombie to kind of fix that issue and actually give us a way in and to see how badly that rocks Lori again, like, that's a big honking deal. And I think that was done really, really well. 
I really do. Her and 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 if anybody else wants to shit on this movie saying it's one of the worst ones is the worst in the series, I have two words for you, four words really. Four words for you guys. Fuck you, Brad Dorif. Yes. Brad Dorif is an absolute highlight of this film as is Brackett, as Lee Brackett. Like he you could tell he's trying to keep his girls safe. He's trying real hard to keep everybody together. Like he's he's keep, keeping up some his spirits up through the whole thing and like he's going about his business and he has bore the in in these two films in this duology he has bore the weight of the Lori strode secret secret for her entire life he is the only person who knows who she is where she came from like and he has told nobody and the only reason he finally lets it out and he tells Loomis in confidence in part one to which Loomis then goes and exploits it in the book. Oh no, now the whole world knows, but Lori still has no fucking clue. Well, she sees the book's been released. Oh gee, what's this about? Oops. Yeah. And so like Brackett's world gets turned upside down from that and then it gets flipped upside down again because of Annie. And if you watch the director's cut and you get to see the extended scene of Brackett completely coming unglued, oh my god, why more people don't put Brad Dorif in the conversation of one of the best actors on the face of the planet, I will never understand. I, it, the thing with like that whole scene where it's like, I could see where some people were like, oh, it's like the, the no, Annie, no, like it's may, maybe like just the delivery, but it's it's crushing. Uh-huh. It, it is like you cannot watch that scene without feeling just complete emotion. But for me, out of all, all 13 movies, Brad Dory Sheriff Brackett is my absolute favorite character. Mm-hmm. And it's because of all the stuff that you said where it's like he, he has bore the weight of this knowledge and just everything is like it's deeper than what and brad dorif it's like yeah on the you know just on the surface of it you're not seeing that but when you really think about what bracket has been doing it's just you could see it in his face and you could see it just in that like in the back of his eyes and it's just it's and brad dorif is just one of my all-time legends like he is yeah he's, he's fucking amazing and so it's like yeah Sheriff Brackett in Halloween H2, Rob Zombie, is my all-time favorite character of any Halloween movie. And I love that they expanded on it. So and good. In, in the Carpenter's Halloween 2, which wasn't uh, Rick Rosenthal directed it, not Carpenter. But, like, in that version of Halloween 2, because Carpenter was helped write it, is why I mentioned him. Um... In that version of Halloween 2, Brackett goes, oh, my daughter's dead. I better go tell my wife before someone else does. And then he fucks off and never comes back. Yeah. There is a very strong focus put on Brackett in this movie. Um, it, it He technically is a secondary character, but, like, he's kind of the glue that's holding this whole thing together. That's keeping Lori from flying off the handle. It's keeping Annie from losing it. I really love that you have Lori, who is like she's flying off the rails and then you have Annie who they both went through the same thing that night 
yeah. the trauma. They went through the exact same thing. Annie probably worse so because she almost died. But like, you have Lori flying off the handle, and Annie trying so hard to keep control over her whole thing, and she's trying to smooth things over. She's trying to mama bear stuff with Lori, and she's just like, you know, it. it just and I love that scene between the two of them when you know Lori's freaking out and flying off the handle. I think it was when she started drinking the beer, and Annie's standing there in the doorway and she looks at her and she goes, "You know, you weren't the only one that went through some yeah, shit that like, night." I'm, I'm so sick of your bullshit, and it's like yeah. I'm not impressed. And yeah, she's like, "You're not the only one," and like, and Annie's like, she was like, "I look in the mirror every day, and I, the scars are right there on her face." Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. Daniel Harris was brilliant in this. Like, there's so many... Yeah, there's a lot of real goofy, weird shit in here. But there's so many, so much good stuff that I think way outweighs it. Mm-hmm. And, um... It, yeah, there's still a lot of the issues. Rob Zombie's not the strongest scriptwriter, but I really think the good way outweighs the bad in this and, one. And the thing, the funny thing is, the director's cut is fantastic with H2... Mainly for the bracket uh, mm-hmm. scene, you get more but bracket. I actually prefer the theatrical version when it comes to Lori, because She's in the in the director's cut, it's like they she becomes a just a total just twat waffle. Like it's just She's it's, such it's, you a do bitch. not like her. It's like and they're. There's times where it's like she'll start off and you're like okay okay okay, and then it's like oh man you lost me. It's just it. He that's probably one of the biggest complaints with between the theatrical cut and the director's cut is he pushed it too far with Lori. And Loomis. Loomis mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought the direction well let me finish the Lori thing yeah. first. Because like in the theatrical cut, which I've only seen once and that was when it came out in two thousand nine, but the that version of Lori was a lot easier to sympathize with. She was less abrasive, she was less aggressive. Um, you kind of, it seemed more, there was a bit more of a, a character arc with her where at the beginning she seemed like she was on a, like she was healing, like she was on a path and get to getting better. And then everything comes completely undone later with this one, with the, with the director's cut, Lori is already kind of unhinged. Like she's hanging on by a thread, like right from the beginning like, at least with the theatrical cut, she seems like she's starting to adjust a little bit. But the Loomis character, I can understand why a lot of people hate this version of Loomis. Like, I get it. He's obnoxious. He's misogynistic. He's gross. He's an absolute, like... The one line that he gives is just like... He's a greedy bugger. Well, the whole line of, like, if I wanted your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. And, like... That shit ain't flying in this day and age anymore. I'm sorry to say. Like, it's, it's a bit much. It really is. But it's way more interesting than anything the Loomis character had done. 100%. It's interesting. I didn't say it's good. I didn't say he's likable. I didn't say that he's a decent person or character in any way. I'm saying it was a more interesting direction to take Loomis into. And it was expanding on what he was already doing in the first film with the first book. The, the best scene is when he has the TV interview with Chris Hardwick and Weird Al. It's like, come on, that's so goddamn good. It's like, oh, it's like, do you think that our 
or what did the what was the question that Chris gave him? Is just the it's like, oh, do you feel responsible for the deaths of of all the people that have you know? It's like <laughs> weird. I was like, no, no, no. You know, I just write the songs, and it's just it kind of. I do get permission <laughs> first. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, oh I'm sorry. It's like I was like. The, Come on. Like, but that's then, so that's, fucking good. That's what Loomis needed to get knocked back down to earth. His, yeah. He's getting way too big for his britches. He thought he was bulletproof. Like, it was an interesting direction to take it in. He was a terrible human being. And I kind of like that he sort of, when he was re-watching that interview in his hotel room, and he realized what a, like, an absolute twit he's been. Yeah. And uh, he went from knobhead to... He tried to go from knobhead to hero, and he ended up dying for his trouble, which needed to happen. Like, that 100% was the right decision with Loomis. Just kill him. Like, he needed to be... That that was a good idea. Um, but, yeah. I just... I don't know, man. I'll defend this one. Like, and usually it's just the people who shit on it. They, I don't think their reasoning is sound. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That's fine. But, like, a lot of it they just point to, and I'm like, eh. I don't know. I'm in the minority, but I'm used to that. Yeah, I'm in that same boat with you, so. For once, you're in the minority. You're usually not. Yeah. All right. Number three is part three. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Uh, In our last ranking episode, I think it ranked about the same place. Mm -hmm. um, Because that was the first time you you and I had seen it. It was a total sleeper for us, and both of us, I remember, sat there when the movie was done that first time, and we're like, why the fuck did we sit on this for so long? Well, why didn't we see it? Why have we never seen this movie before? The reason why is because everyone sits there and go, oh, Michael Myers isn't e- even in it, don't even bother with it. Mm-hmm. And so we just like, okay, cool, not gonna bother. And then, it's like, yeah, so we sat down, watched it for the podcast, I was waiting to just shit all over Same. it. Same. I was just like, oh my god, this is going to be just bad. I was like... I'd been told by Halloween fans oh for years, yeah. this, is, this movie's crap. It's terrible. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, fucking Tom Atkins came on. I was like, I'm in. I was like, great. I was like, oh shit. That's like, oh, okay. Like, this is great. Uh, I, so I didn't have, The only problem that I had was Tom Atkins' character, but not Tom Atkins. Like, if that makes sense. It's like, he was fantastic. But just his character on its on its own is was shaky. <laughs> like his with, character <laughs> was not a good guy. No, Doctor Chalice was not a good no. man. Uh, he skipped out. He skipped. He's barely a functioning alcoholic. He's constantly skipping out on his job and as kids. a hospital doctor to go down to the bar and get drunk. Yeah. Um, he skips out on his kids to get some ass and go on this wild goose chase he knows nothing about because a pretty yeah. girl asked him to. Like, the whole thing. I'm like, you're a real piece of work, man. Yeah. But, like, the whole thing, as it unravels the, with these masks, which I really like the masks, by the way. Like, uh, the Silver Shamrock masks are pretty fucking cool. I, I actually wanted to try and go out and get, uh, like, you just buy some just because, like, I, I also agree. It's like, I really like... Just how that that old like seventies Halloween, you know, classic vintage aesthetic like it's it's good shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm 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 with that and the whole idea of the Silver Shamrock uh, company bewitching these masks mm-hmm. and then building it up so that they uh, like release this plague on every kid and they're just gonna just murder kids. And they're just going to turn their heads into mush. And then on top of that, it's going to unleash, like, whatever comes out of the kids 
is going to unleash onto their parents and then kill the parent. Like, I was like, just that thought process of like, oh, nope, that's just what he wants to do. Yeah. Are <laughs> it's there, like, that's dark. Are there holes in Cochran's plan? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh 100%. Ones. Huge holes in the plan. Mm-hmm. But this movie is nuts. <laughs> it's uh, like, and I it's love so it. It's so off the wall. And I'm like, what the fuck? There was a couple moments, because I, we've seen this, I've seen this twice now. There was a couple moments I was rewatching it because we hadn't watched it in a couple of years when I actually bought the Shout Factory uh, Blu-ray, and um, there was a couple moments I was watching it. And I was like, "What the fuck is even going on?" Like, it's just, it's really cool. The makeup effects I really like. Um, oh, that scene where uh, the the lady I forget her oh, name Marge Marge yeah, yeah when she picks up the 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 little chip and then it sh- like zaps her in the mouth and then they show like the whole like just how it is deteriorating her face and it's just the and the, the bugs and stuff are crawling like, out of oh her mouth oh my fuck it's so good it's really good um oh, and anybody so and, and anybody who says Michael Myers is even in it I uh bullshit cause Dick Warlock's in it he's he's main android number one yeah um so Michael Myers is in this movie he's just not wearing a mask yeah, well no Michael Myers is also in the movie as a uh, a part of, 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 a, of a TV thing cause they're like they're, they're like watch Halloween and then like uh, stay tuned for the Silver mm-hmm. Shamrocks uh, the giveaway yeah the giveaway and it's like, uh, like oh my god like as I'm watching the Silver Shamrock stuff I can't tell you how many times I have seen TV ads where it's they're trying to push some type of contest and how many times I've sat there and gone I need to do this I need to like get in on this contest um, I don't know if, if you remember uh, like, well, I don't even know if they said what the kids would be winning no it they was just, just it was a contest they just had to watch this giveaway thing yeah and, and it's like find out what the giveaway was yeah. from there um, one thing that I, I was trying to think back as to I don't know if it was I think there was a contest, but uh, do you remember in the uh, Star Wars, the Phantom Menace, the Pepsi cans? Oh, yeah, the Pepsi collection thing. I had all but the Golden Yoda. I had all I'm still wondering if anybody got a Golden Yoda. I don't know, but I was like, I was like hunting... For that golden Yoda. It was Willy Wonka. Yeah. They Willy wonka you. Exactly. And I was just like, holy shit. I was like, and just thinking back to her, I'm like, I bought so much mm-hmm. Pepsi. Because it was just, I, I just wanted all the characters on all and the And you drink Coke. Game. Yeah, I know. I'm like, you don't I, even drink Pepsi. No. But it was just, and it was like diet Pepsis and it was all types of shit. Yeah. It was like Mountain Dews and. Yep. So, and then on, on, another one that I, I was thinking back to was, uh, was Pogs. There was, because uh, The Simpsons, like, I'm a huge Simpsons guy, and I was, as a kid, I was really into Pogs, if anybody remembers those, but they, at, you could only get the Pogs at 7-Eleven, and you had a chance of getting, a, I think it was like a specialty, like, crusty, or a, it was a crusty, a Maggie, or a Bart, I think it was like a specialty one that you could get, and, um... When you got the little packs and stuff like that, it was you had that chance of, of pulling one. And I remember constantly just go every time we went into Seven Eleven, I had to like get like a whole thing. I had like this massive collection mm-hmm. of like I actually had to start giving them away to my friends because I just had so many. Yeah. And then now it's like the same thing with like with because I'm into Pokemon. 
It's like now it's like every time you get a new set, new series, you're constantly opening up like packs and packs and packs just trying to get get those, the cool one, yeah. The really good ones and it's like it, 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 sometimes you just get a dud. It, it sucks. But that's where it's like I I love that that they really fed into that consumerism where every kid in America is have has this mask or mm-hmm. has has a or they have to have it. Yeah, they have to have that mask and uh one thing that I thought was really fun was that they actually showed how the kids were kind of altering the masks. Like there was a uh, Oh yeah, how they dressed them up. Yeah, yeah. So it was yeah. like some of them were real weird. Like I don't know why a ballerina had to have a jack o' lantern mask, but hey, girl, rock it. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Like that's really cool because it's like so you're gonna say that every kid in in America is only gonna have one of these three masks, and then you're gonna like it's like like I don't know. It's just it felt very culty, but then <laughs> to turn around and actually see the kids going, yeah, the, the ballerina with the the jack o' lantern. I'm like, okay, like. I like that. I like that there is oh, that. Oh, the kids very, just got super it's so weird good. Though. I love it. So um, it, it's just it's it works. I really love this movie and yeah, it's, it's I really great. and I, I actually I'm glad that over the last like ten or fifteen years this thing's been getting a, a reevaluation by a lot of the fans. I think it deserves it. Um, I maintain that if it was just called Season of the Witch, we wouldn't be talking about how it was thrown in the dumpster for as long yeah. as it was. Um, I'm glad it got picked, pulled out of the bin and brushed off. Like I actually don't like... There's so much 80s goodness. Yeah, I, I don't like saying that it's uh, Halloween 3. I just like calling it just Season of the Witch. It's just Season of the it's Witch. Just, yeah. But I, I really do enjoy... Um, I enjoy this movie for what it is. I really... It's, it's had its cult following for 40 years. Um, and it's just grown since then. Yeah, and that... God damn song. <laughs> that London Bridge is falling down, falling down. All right. Yeah. Um, moving on. Moving on to number two. We're closing it on the end here, everybody. There's a light at the end of that tunnel. Is uh, Halloween 2018. The jump start of the 40-year timeline. I liked... <laughs> it cracks me up because this movie was written... Uh, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green. And um, they had another writing partner, I think, on this one. They had put in all this time, and they really polished that script up. Script up. They turned it into like Blumhouse took it. They NBC Universal did the whole thing. Go and get this movie made. It comes out opening weekend, makes a fuck ton of money, and they're like, "Great, do two more." And everyone's like, "Uh, uh, yeah, we'll do two more." And COVID. And then COVID happened, and everything else. So, um, but I think. They did a great job of picking up where, um, picking up where part one left off. I really, I liked Lori probably the best in this one. This um, is our Sarah Connor. Yeah. Lori Strode. Yeah. She wasn't wimpy. She had it. She, she was constantly vigilant to the point of paranoia, um, in this one. Thoroughly convinced that Michael was coming for her, which we find out in Halloween Kills was not the case. He's just a dog chasing a car. Like, he's not after you specifically. He's just out to cause mayhem. Mm-hmm. And, um, because that's his thing. He's like, I'm just gonna make watch the world burn and probably cause it myself. I just do things. He just does things. <laughs> and so, 
I really like where Lori went with this. Um, I thought the podcasters was a little bit of a weak point in it. Um, but this came back with brutality. This came back with, um, just it, it, I don't know, man, they wanted Blumhouse wanted to make a splash with this. And I think they did a fantastic job of it. Um, this is the highest grossing one in the series too. Yep. I think 250 some million dollars like two fifty five and some change. The the thing with this film that the more I watch it, the more I see things. I, I always see something else a little bit more. Mm-hmm. James G. Courtney was fantastic. He's yes. my second favorite Michael. Um, yeah, he was he he was absolutely stellar, um, and only by like a smidge yeah. too. And this seeing Halloween eighteen as I got again back through our old episodes. I've mentioned this where I had this dilemma where it's like, I don't want to see old man Michael walking around. And this film, I did not once think of old man Michael. Nope. I, he, he, he was fucking fantastic. He, it, it made me understand that whole premise of, oh, he's just out to kill. And it's like, he's just the shark. I actually got that in this film. And it was, it was so good. Like, one of my favorite shots is the the continuing, uh, just the run shot, mm-hmm. where he's just walking through the town, walking through houses, and just fucking cutting people up, and it's it's really really intense. It's really awesome. Um, but the thing that I, I I think I liked a little bit more each time I, I watch it is the the Doctor Sartain stuff mm-hmm. because. At first, it's like, uh, we didn't really like him, but it was one of those things where knowing that he was the guy orchestrating the entire thing, it for at the beginning, I didn't really d- dig on the, uh, the podcaster thing. But then when I kind of figured out that, oh, it was, it was the doctor that gave them all this information, he's trying to spark without letting people know that it's him. Mm-hmm. And I was like that, and same thing with the like. I, I know that there's there's rumors going around that Lori was the one that uh, crashed the, the like, bus. I like that it's ambiguous that it might have been yeah. Lori. But the thing of like, I could definitely see it being the doctor also causing the ruckus because he's like, oh, well, we, I gotta let we gotta get Michael out of here, yeah. and it's he's trying to again not pin himself, and then when he ends up getting with Frank. And uh, um, what's her name? And Allison. That whole thing is is when we finally get the big reveal. Like, oh nope, he's fucking, you know, he's gone batshit crazy, yeah. and he's he's like gone into the way of the the Hugo Strange of you know the Batman lore that I mentioned to in the last uh, last couple yeah. episodes. So I mean, I, I so I really dig that aspect of it, and knowing that it's that they kind of took away from the. Laurie Strode is not related to him. And yeah, it's just... I'm, that I'm glad is. Yeah. So at, at first I was just like, "Oh fuck you!" I was like, "You can't, you can't just keep like changing the shit up on me." Like because I actually liked that there that she was the sister, and I liked that there was something. Is there a little funky as to the how? Yeah, but at the same time, it's like 
like I was like, fine, we actually have like some type of connective tissue. <laughs> so yeah. it was just, like for them to just go, no, that's just some bullshit story. I was like, oh fuck you, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that they eliminated that. Um, I liked the kids. I liked Allison. So yeah, as it went on, I, I it grew on me for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, but yeah, Allison was great. I love the Strode women. Karen was one of my favorites just because that whole bait and switch gotcha moment was oh, yeah. fucking epic. Like just that whole thing, I can't do it. I don't I don't I'm not strong enough. I can't do it. Gotcha. Like and then oh my god, it was just like I I I stood up and fist pumped. I was just like that's how good I li- that's how much I liked it. So it was uh it was cool. Um I like that we got three final girls out of it. Yep. Um they outsmarted Michael, they lit his ass on fire. Yep. Um and then we got Halloween kills and they you know, fucked it all up there. <laughs> so letting Michael out. Uh yeah. but in a very epic way. So it's pretty good. Yeah, he slaughtered a bunch of firefighters. For Eleven sure. of them. So many. Yeah. All right. Mm, scared to say it, but I'll do it. So we're at number one. Yep. And uh, what's funny is that this one does not vary from our original list. This is Rob Zombie's Halloween one. On our first ranking, these two were flipped. Oh, that's right. It was flipped. That's yeah. right. Well, even then, it's like they were like very neck and neck. But when we really sat down to think about how this is going to like play out and like what we really thought for our rankings. It's like I me personally I could sit down and watch Rob Zombie's Halloween with no qualms, like no problems or mm-hmm. nothing. It's just boom, just throw it on and it's fucking good front to back for me. Mm-hmm. Um and out of watching <laughs> Every single Halloween movie, if you had to sit there and go, okay, hey, we're going to watch Halloween 5 again, your your you know butt cheeks are going to clench. You're going to be like, oh, I don't want to. Oh, dear, like, yeah. It's going it's gonna to be bad. Um, it's And that's where the thing is, like, I like that this movie definitely gives me a lot of ease because of just how much I do like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, like, for me, the reason that I do like it and I put it at, for me, I put it at my number one is mainly because I do love that whole, let's see how the sausage is made story. Yeah. Normally that doesn't really fly. I mean, you get Phantom Menace and, you know, things like yeah, that. Yeah, sometimes but, it doesn't work. Um, no. I, yes, I will admit that, especially the dialogue at the beginning of the movie, it's very Rob Zombie. It's a bit much. It is much. It's not my favorite. Thing like Ronnie, me. come on. Ronnie was. I will go fuck you. Come Ronnie, on, I mean William Forsythe really enjoyed what he was doing there. Like, oh yeah, he was clearly hamming it up. He was having a good time. But a dialogue, woof. Someone put that out there. But I think what Zombie did was really smart, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. If it's not your taste, like I said with part with Halloween too. It's not your taste. I get it. Um, but he, it very, it was, a lot of it was very subtle. Michael had dysphoria, the mask thing. Um, it was a very subtle way of sneaking that in there in, um, with the simple, you know, 
his mom, Deborah, is in there telling him to take the mask off, and he says, it hides my ugliness. Well, it hides the ugly part of him he doesn't want people to see. The ugly part of him, you know, the killer part? There, uh, he slipped that in there. He was bullied. He was treated like crap everywhere he went. You got to see the birth of a serial killer. Was it cliche, stereotypical? Yes. But does it fit a serial killer profile? Yeah. Yeah. And I like seeing, like, early Loomis, like, trying to help and deal in the sessions and things like that. Yeah. I would have, I would have liked to have gotten a bit more of that. Yeah. Um, instead of just seeing these clips these basically like they weren't proper time stamped but they were kind of time stamped clips of of the two of them together you got to see michael's downward slide especially after his mom died where he event he was gradually just not really talking anymore and he in uh sanitariums are designed to make the crazy worse you're not gonna get better when you're locked up in one of those facilities at all. You're, it's, it's really designed the stark white walls, the bare rooms, the it's just, it's designed to make you crazier because they want to study you're crazy. So, you're getting to see Michael basically just retreat, 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 retreat. You can get an idea of why his behavior is the way that it is. In fact, the least interesting part for me is most people's favorite part of this movie is when it turns into a Halloween movie. Like, it's great. It's brutal. It's brutal. Tyler Maine is the best Michael Myers. Oh, 100%. my God. The man is gigantic. Yeah, he, he, is, he, he is my favorite Michael he Myers. He cuts an intimidating figure. He's, uh, he's very intense. Um, and he, and he's intense in different ways between the two films. And this one is much more quiet intensity. And the other one, he's just, he's done. And again, he got shot in the head, so he ain't right anymore. Like, he's not going to be able to keep it together. I, I mean, I guess you could just argue he it was grazed, whatever, but, like, he wasn't able to keep it together as well. So it was more rage-killing in part two. But, like, it, it still had the huge plot hole, the brother-sister plot hole in this one, of how did Michael know that that was Lori? He hadn't seen her since she was a baby, a year old. How did he know that that was Lori? That's the big looming question over it. I think it's an easy plot hole to build into your script because you just assume everybody knows, so I don't have to explain it. But, like, if the audience knows, then he knows, and it's fine. But it's not fine. Like, I think Zombie did a great job of filling in all of the issues, like that were created when Carpenter just put the script together. And that that was something that, like, I really appreciated with zombie films where it's just, like... Like, Michael never drove. Yes. Because he didn't know how. All all the holes were just, like, covered for me. But he accidentally created one big one. Yes. There was one, but it's like, you know what, I'm just going to let it... Just let it ride and just just keep going Mm -hmm. on. But, I mean, like, the whole thing with, like... Where he gets the jumpsuit from Joe Grizzly. And it's just... It's Ken Foray showing up. It's fucking it's amazing. Joe Grizzly, bitch. <laughs> Can I pass this beast in peace? Oh, God. So, God, I love Ken Foray. Um, hence why we're jumping into Romero next. But uh, but that was the thing was, like... They explained a whole bunch of that. They didn't do the thing where he went to the 
do- you know, the drugstore and stole a knife, a rope, and a mask. And nope. it's like, it's like, no, they actually. He had that mask hidden in his floorboards and in his bedroom and his I house. I was like, that's fucking great. Mm-hmm. I was like, and just the age and the detail on just how weathered it was. And he just, it looked so goddamn good. And it was and he, very menacing and just. Uh, and like, he set out to do the thing that he wanted to do. He wanted to go home. The whole time when he was a kid and he was locked up in that facility, he kept saying, I want to go home. When can I go home? Until he stopped talking. And even then, it's, I want to go home. So the first thing he does when he breaks out is he starts making his way back home. Yeah. And he gets home. And I have a weird feeling that if we just left him there, he probably would have just stayed there. Well, no, I think it, because of the, the whole premise of him going after his, his baby sister... I think that is really what put all the the victims in his path is 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 because of that that drive. It's if you would have just putting him put him home, it still would have caused a problem as far as uh like are you talking about like if you send him home as a kid or if you just no 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 him, no, no, uh, no no when he broke out okay and the that's what he did is he went home he went to his house he, he wanted to be home yeah he went home got his mask put that big ass mask on. And then, you know, ended up coming across his baby sister. But again, it's a plot convenience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that was the thing is like, it's, I think because, I mean, like Annie, it's like Annie didn't need, like, he didn't have to actually go after her. But it's like, again, it's just that drive and just that hurting something that's smaller than him. And mm-hmm. it's the. Which, at the size he was, was just about everybody else. Yeah. So it's, I just think that, like, his brain was just so far gone that it's just, just pain is just what he's just delivering. That's mm-hmm. all, that's all it was. And he had tunnel vision, and he, yeah. when he had a target, he would go for it, and nothing was going to stop him from finishing his mission. So, um. Yeah. But, I, I that is my, uh. I, I definitely have to say it's my all-time all favorite, you know, Halloween movie. He's my all-time favorite Michael. And it's not It's not the correct answer. It's not the popular answer. No. But, and then for my all-time favorite character is the Sheriff Bracket from part two of, of Zombies. But I mean, film. that, but but it's, that it's bracket like, in general. Yeah, it's that bracket from the Rob Zombie film. So it's like... To, to sit there and say that, I mean, it's like this is my this is my Halloween. Actually, feels pretty good. Like I'm actually okay with it. It's like I'll fight anybody for it, but it's just like, mm. yeah. I mean, the thing is, the the real big takeaway is that I think if you got if you took out the Rob Zombie esque, it's the, the dialogue, the dialogue stuff. I think this movie would have been probably just fine. And weirdly, yeah, you know, and. Sherry Moon Zombie gets shit on a lot. Is she a great actress? No, not really. Like, she just works for her husband, and that's it. But she, for a woman who doesn't have any children, she was amazingly maternal yeah, in this great. movie. And I bought her as my as, as a mother. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was a stripper, and sometimes it does what Rob Zombie does with a lot of the women in his movies does make me feel a little icky. Yeah. I'm going to lie. Like, he's not, you know, these men are getting killed... I mean, Joe Grizzly got killed on the toilet. But generally speaking, you know, they're fully dressed at least. But, you know, Linda got, was fully naked. Full frontal nudity 
yeah. to boot. Um, and was killed and carried off. And there was a, a uh, egregious amount of screen time devoted to looking at her naked body. It's just... Or the, uh, the stripper from, uh, from two. Halloween 2. Yeah. Where he's just, like, smashing her face into the mirror. Yeah, the strip it's club... It's like you see the, her tits the whole time. It's like... <laughs> yeah, the strip club owner, he got to die with his pants on. The bouncer, yeah, he got his head crushed in, but he got to die with his clothes on. Like... The men aren't getting the same treatment, and, um... Well, Annie, she was partially naked in, in part... And fully naked in part two. Yeah, yeah. She was fully naked when she died. So, it's not ideal, um, that part. I would love to see Rob Zombie not do that so much anymore. But, yeah. here we are. Uh, <laughs> I just... I think it gets worse with, like, the Devil's Rejects and... Everything else is like it just it just continues like with that. He just yeah. he you have to like the grindhouse and you have to like things a little bit trashy and or at least not be bothered by it. I get it. Yeah, I mean, but, hey, no one else is doing that, and it's like so. It's like he's got his own thing. But go. I notice I notice that a lot of the horror directors that kind of have their own flavor are the ones that get shit on the most. Yep. Zombie Eli Roth gets shit on a bunch. Um, so like, it's. It's a whatever thing. Yeah. I don't. I don't like to listen to the internet neckbeards because most of the time, they don't know what they're talking about and they just want attention and be told they have I've, good taste. <laughs> I've actually uh, started doing this thing where I've watched the internet and a lot of times if I don't really have the, it's like I don't really know where I want to you know place my feelings yet. I'll look at the internet and I go, okay, I probably should just think the opposite of what this jackhole's talking about because it's like I'm probably going to just think exactly that way. I'm going to sit there and go, okay, uh, that person was completely wrong. Like, the Halloween 3 stuff. It's just the, all of that, that same thing where we sit there and go, why do we listen to these people? Mm -hmm. It's like, because we actually really like the film. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's fantastic. So, it's just one of those things where it's like, eh. It's, I mean, I... I will give it to the Halloween fans, like the hardcore ones. Again, I am after You're not watching, in that group. I am not. I am after watching this, and I like I. Meg can can vouch for me. I had spreadsheets. I dedicated a lot of time into really just kind of fine tuning my thoughts and just making sure that it's like you know what I like giving my due diligence yeah. and making sure that. It's there, but it's like at the end of the day, it's like I'm still not a Michael Myers fan. He's not super scary for me. The latest trilogy makes it a little bit better for me, and I understand. And like I, I love the dynamic that Blumhouse has brought to it. Um, Rob Zombie's stuff, hundred percent. But it's at the same time, it's like that's it. Like I stop at Rob Zombie's, and it's just like that's about that. That's my that's my favorites, but. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I did want to put my effort into it and kind of go on to that, that same aesthetic as to what like a, a, a true Halloween fan would go into. But at, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm, I'm not. You're never going to be hardcore <laughs> I'm about not, it. I can't. Yeah. I am a horror movie fan and I respect Mr. Myers, but am I a fan? Nah. 
I'm okay. <laughs> well, I am, and I don't yeah. hold, and I really, I don't really hold sacred cows, no. so I like what I like. No. But that's the thing is, I'm not gonna take that away from anybody. It's like you like it more and for you. This is good for you. Our ranking. It's yes. just our ranking with our opinions. If you hold different ones, that's great. And our ranking does not invalidate the way you feel about these movies. So not at all. If you're out there pitching a hissy fit, get some perspective. <laughs> but anyway, that's it. We're eh. done. Oh my god! It's, it's been uh, two and a half, about two and a half long ass months. Yeah. <laughs> of living in Haddonfield pretty much uh instead we're done with that now we're moving on to monroeville pennsylvania mm-hmm. another sleepy little town which is actually a real town this time yeah feel is not uh next week join us as we kick off our next series which is of the dead and we're gonna do dawn of the dead night also from 1978 yep which will be super cool also starring ken foray yeah uh, i actually think that uh Dawn of the Dead, I believe, came, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it came out before Halloween. I mean, it's in the same year, which is pretty awesome, but at the same time... I, I, I don't remember, I think... I have to double check on that, like, so again... It might have, I think Dawn came out over the summer, and this came out in the fall, so yeah. it, if, it, if, it, if it did come out before, it was by a couple months. It yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was, like, it was neck and neck, but I, if I remember correctly, I think... Dawn came out before Halloween. But either way, but either way, hey, we're you doing know. it after Halloween. Hey, so uh, you might be asking yourself, but wait, Night of the Living Dead came first. We've already done that one, dummies. Go back into our catalog. I think about two years ago. Yep. So go check that one out. We've already done uh, the original Night of the Living Dead from the '60s. Um, we're gonna do Dawn of the Dead this coming week. Uh, so subscribe if you want to hear our thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be in your favorite podcatcher on Tuesdays. Uh, once again, on the socials, Facebook and Instagram, Creepin' It Real. Email us at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com if you have any movie suggestions or if you just want to chat with Lunchbox. And uh, <laughs> Send all the hate mail to me. <laughs> yeah, right? He'll handle it. He's way nicer than I am. Uh, mostly, I'll, I'll just tell you where to stick it. And... Um, if you don't hate us and you've listened this long, go ahead and buy our merch, creepinitreal.redbubble.com, and uh, rep us out on the street. Quote, uh, Bruce Balk, we are the weirdos, mister. We like it that way. Mm-hmm. So until next week, when we get to shuffling around with the dead, I'm Mr. Smeg. Uh, I'm that good buddy, Lunchbox. Happy, happy Halloween, 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 happy, happy Halloween, Halloween's over.